Hi there. <laughs> you are watching and listening to Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media. Uh, I'm Mike Morales here in the heart of the San Gabriel Valley. That gentleman out there is... Rick Levy in the highlands of San Diego. <laughs> Rick, why are you frozen on my screen? I'm not sure why that is. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been having bandwidth issues. Oh, there you so go. Maybe that's You're what's back. happening. You're back. But see, that's what we call it sipping off the cup because we are at the mercy of our internet connections. <laughs> so, um, Rick and I really fell all over ourselves with this tequila. This is cost of, this is the Reposado. Now, we tried the Blanco. We had a, just an amazing, you know, this is a, a, the, what I consider the perfect example of a tequila from the Amatitan area and Valle, the, the tequila. Um, and Rick and I are big fans of that. So, uh, you know, it, it, it covered all our bases. <laughs> right. the, des the description on, on the, uh, uh, on the cell sheet had all of Rick's safe words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, open air fermentation, wooden vats, uh, copper pot know, uh, still masonry ovens. Yeah. Uh, it hit, it hit all the. You know, it all, all of his. Now, this is the Reposado. This is, you know, Rick, it's a clear bottle. And I know it just seems really fairly dark for a Repo. I mean. Um, right. Yeah. No. And uh, what this was a 12-month Reposado in used American oak. 12 months. So, so it, it technically... Technically, could be well if they waited one more day to pull it out, they could have called it a, an añejo. So, so they waited on the day to pull this out of the barrel. Um, and these are our Amer American oak barrels. Um, it doesn't say whether they're virgin or not. That uh, we're looking at the notes here. Off. No, I believe I believe they're used. Are they used? Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe one time because there's a lot of color on this on this on this reposado. Yeah, American white oak barrels used. Okay. I don't know. I don't know where it says used, but uh, with their legacy, aged in oak barrels is all I have. But if you look in the uh, in the brand story document. Um, oh. Right at the bottom of the brand info. Oh, there it is. Okay, I see. Yeah, they, they put in the description that's not in the sell sheet. Okay. Wow. It must be lightly used because this is this is a dark reposado, man. You know, they could always do a uh, you know a heavier char on the barrel, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. Uh, Again, the this particular distillery only has a hand, it's, it's known fifteen hundred, so it, it has only a handful of uh, uh, of brands coming out of it. And I haven't I haven't popped open my uh, my gnome list to be able to tell you, but um, why don't I pop that open? Just j I know that Codigo is produced there. At least that's what it says. Uh, uh, but Rick, you said something about. Um, this. No, I was I was mistaken. I wasn't sure if it was still there, but Codigo is still there. Okay. According to the information I have. All right. Uh, let me go into 
bear with me here because I'm I'm opening up our the the official gnome list, and I can give you. There we go. Uh, it is Tequilera Las Juntas. That is the name of the distillery. And uh, it says Codigo is uh, produced there. And uh, the other ones, I think, are, as far as I know, Rick, the other ones are, are probably Mexico only. I've never heard of the other ones. Amanecer Ranchero. Right. La, La Brecha. El Jefe used to be produced there. Um, Giggling Marlin, which I believe you've had, yeah. uh, used to be produced there. No kidding. They moved it, huh? Giggling Marlin is an excellent tequila, or was, but, you know. It, yeah, Giggling Marlin may not be active anymore. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Sad, but true. I'm going to be using my Stasso Jarrito to pour the Reposado, and this is the Stasso with the, uh, the wider mouth. I like doing that. I, I like mixing it up a little bit. Um, just because I'm such a big fan. This is this Ooh. is the right tequila, tequila glass or mezcal glass. Wow, that is rich. That's a rich I, nose. I think you might be right on your call that uh, it may have not been a heavily used barrel because off the top of the bottle, I'm getting a lot of barrel notes. Yeah, I noticed that. I'm not smelling it on this, but I noticed it out of the bottle. It was almost like an instant... You got the, you know, what you could smell was the, the char. You, you got like an instant, you know, when you pour fresh bourbon. I, I, yeah, I, I haven't done that for a while. I, well, why, even, why bourbon when you could have in you? Yeah, it's true, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, wow. Oh my gosh. Now this is a, this is a, a lot of, a lot of wood notes. On this one. Yeah. Holy cow, man. Wow. This is almost like a, uh, you know, with the nose, it's almost like a throwback kind of repo. You know, um, uh, at this time, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relate a story, and I know I'm probably kind of a long-winded story, but you'll appreciate this. Um, I know that this is, you're seeing this at the beginning of 2021, folks. So Happy New Year. <laughs> but we're filming this in October, and we're still sequestered at home, okay? So, uh, we're, but we're, you know, we invented virtual tastings like this. So, um, just recently, in the, in the past week, we have had the, the uh, departure, well, all year we've had the departure of some grand people just, you know, from all walks of life. And one of those gentlemen is the, was the master distiller of um, Espolón Tequila. And I, re I remember meeting him, Ingeniero uh, Cirilo uh, Oropesa was his gentleman's name. And he was the master distiller of uh, Espolón. And uh, I remember meeting the gentleman. At the time, Espolón, you remember the gold, the, the foil bottles and the foil labels on it. It was, it was just barely on the market. Uh, they were making Corazón also. Corazón was the stablemate at that time. And it was the more high-end stablemate. But Espolón had like this cult following, you know, it was a lot cheaper at, at the time. It was like 20 bucks cheaper than, than Corazón. So uh, we were doing a grand tasting at, at the distillery, San Nicolás. And, and we were, it, it was during the first Blue Agave tour. So we were all sitting around this big boardroom table. 
and we had a chance to speak to, to uh, uh, Senor Oropesa. And I asked him, I said, he had bottles of the Reposado and bottles of the Añejo together, okay? But the Añejos looked lighter than the Reposados. And I said, why, did, why is that? It, it's almost like they should be flipped, right? And he says, because we rest the Reposados first. Ah, see how that works? And it's like, wow, genius, genius, right? So the repo in and of itself will have more character, whereas, you know, more, more wood character and notes to add layers. Whereas the Añejo, uh, I, I think the Añejo was over like 18 months, maybe longer. And the Añejo would have less color, but would, would be more agave forward. Hmm. I, you know... There's always a method to the madness, so so yeah. I would venture to say, right? Maybe maybe the barrels aren't aren't so old that and and again he rested this at at just before he had to before he had to call it a Daniel, right? So so I, I, there's so much character going on here, right? A lot of barrel there. Wow. Sorry, I know I I, I know I. I went off the deep end there with that story, but, but again, that's a, that's not, that's not to say that that's how Costive does it. Yeah. We, we're not, but sure. it's just to illustrate the interesting things that can be done with barrel work. Yes. Barrel management is, is highly underrated and it, and you know, for, for, um, for a master distiller who wants to present his agave in a certain way, you know, we know how G4 does it, right? We know how, how Felipe Camarena does it. He's he's all about his agave, and others are more are, are more about marrying the wood notes with the agave so that they present each other. Okay, I'm cool with that. Either way, I'll drink it. You know, so, right? Um, wood notes, spice notes. Um, right off the you know at the top of the barrel, there was there was like a like a bourbon bourbon notes yeah. right, now, right away. I'm exp I'm I'm expecting some sweetness from this profile let's, from the uh, from the barrel treatment. Lowell, let's try it. Let's see what we get. <clears throat> oh. mm. Wow. So not as sweet as I was expecting, which is a good thing. Right. Um I'm getting like a, a hint of butterscotch, though, which I'm really enjoying. Okay. The finish is still there. It's a nice lingering finish, medium to long. It was, um, I can't, I'm going to have to have another sip because I can't decide if it's finishing, if it's going in dry and finishing sweet or, or if it's going in sweet and finishing dry because I, I know that whiskey and bourbon flip-flop i know it's bourbon whiskey but remember yeah. tennessee whiskey is one thing and and um and bourbon is something else kentucky bourbon yeah mm. wow this is a glorious nose man oh. it really is wow now i'm not getting the the I'm not getting a lot of the minerality that we got on, on the Blanco, but I think that's on purpose, right? Yeah, and I was thinking um, 
you know, on the Blanco, the minerality uh, increases that pepper effect, I think. And uh, so I think that is not as intense here on the Repo. Well, they mellowed it. I mean, they're, they're letting it sit on, on slightly, in, in slightly used barrels, in my opinion, just, just judging from the color, and, and pulling it out the day before they got to call it an Añejo. That's a long time. That's a long time, and and perfect. I, I again the barrel management and what they what they wanted to accomplish. Holy cats, man! You could even put an ice cube in this thing like you would with a bourbon. And just let it open up if you wanted to. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know, you could even you could even use this in a Latin Manhattan. I was going to ask you, would it stand up to that? Yeah. Would it stand up to the old-fashioned as well, or no? You know, I'm not so much into old-fashions, so I couldn't really tell you there. But the Latin Manhattan, I get that. I, I do. I, I get it's uh, The character, it really stands up. Really, really stands up. And I know it's more barrel-forward, but that's not a bad thing. It's really done well. It's, it's very... I, I think, again... When I think back on, on Espolón, the old Espolón, old bottling before, before Campari bought the distillery and they, and they brought in Cabo Wabo and kicked out Corazón, um, I, I, I think it really hearkened. Again, we were talking about that with the Blanco. This is like a throwback tequila, man. This is like an old-style tequila, like an old Espolón used to, used to taste. All right. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you enjoy the uh, barrel aged uh, varieties, you know, definitely check this out. I'm wondering when we go into the Añejo next, is it going to seem like an XA? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I have had some of it, just to be honest. But I, I, I when, when, when I moved from Texas to, to us to California, I can't remember, you know, half of what, you know, I. I still, we still have to retaste everything for the 2020 Mike brand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> says the man with his tequila behind him. <laughs> he drinks so much, he's got everything broken down into regions. He's got highlands, lowlands, and right in the middle, he's got his amati time. Oh my gosh! Well, Rick, I, I gotta say, brand of promise, man. This is. This is just beautiful. Absolutely. And again, if you remember what old old bottling Espolón tasted like when when Señor Oropesa, Ingeniero Oropesa was still alive, and, and again, he just, just passed away. May he rest in peace. Um, this really brings – it's really funny how it brought back that memory, you know, because I was just learning about tequila. Even though I'd had my own shows, I had never really been to a distillery until – after we were done doing shows and then, you know, went with the blue was before tours were even popular. So we're sitting down with the master distiller, the guy who's, who's a, you know, a genius. The ones who literally was playing Mozart during the fermentation. He, he had, and it was, and it was a noisy distillery as I recall. Um, but he, but you could hear the music. In, in, and he would play it all the time. And as a matter of fact, uh, as I'm writing, the, I am writing now the definitive book on the Mozart method. 
he would, and one of my chapters is called The Tequila is Dancing. Because that's what the women would say. Now, the women, women worked in the distillery. It was one of the first ones to hire a lot of women to work in the distillery because they did the labeling. The men, they had, they actually had their own agave fields. And, we, and I've been to the uh, that distillery twice. And I've been on their agave fields. The men would do all the, the, the hard work, the farming and, the, and whatever. But the women would do all the bottling and all that. And he was one of the first ones that didn't make a big deal out of it, but he had women working in the distillery. Um, lots of them, as a matter of fact. As I recall, I, I got uh, I got catcalled once. While we were- <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, anyway, long, long story short, a brand of promise nominee. That's costed. What's our MSRP on this one? Yeah. Uh the MSRP on the Reposado is $49.99. It is available uh, uh, at Cast Cartel. They'll, they'll ship all, all across the country unless, unless you're on that, that no-ship list. And, uh, and also Old Town. And I right. guess they're going for that for the, uh, the price that they're, that they're expecting. So um, I, This was a uh, silver medal, medal winner at uh, 2019 World Spirits Competition. Wow. So uh, I'm just really, I'm really digging this aroma. And I'm not surprised you're, you're waxing nostalgic about all these memories because aromas trigger memories. Yeah, well, and, and wow, see, now that I have a little bit left in here, now I'm getting a lot more of the char and the bourbon notes that we get on the, that we got when you open the bottle. Right. Wow, this is beautiful. This is really, really something. Oh, my God. I can't keep my nose out of here. I, me neither. But we're going to have to because we're already almost 18 minutes into this review. (laughs) But anyway, stick with us, folks, because we have more stories. This is the beginning of 2021, our our 2021 season. I couldn't have have picked a better tequila to start that off with, man. Costa, go get yourself a bottle of Costa. You will love this tequila. I'm promising you that it will will give you – it will it will bring back memories, folks. I don't even know if you can even see the, the label on this. You might see it on the shelf in a blue box. Mike has the blue boxes there. Yes. Yeah, the, the blue box looks like this. Okay. Uh, again, it's worth every penny and probably worth more. Okay. Uh, there are tequilas. You and I have had tequilas that are worth more with less character. I love this. I, I love where, where they're headed with this. But that's our take on Costa of Reposado. Stick with us. We've got Costa Vallejo coming up. I'm Mike Morales here in the heart of the San Gabriel Valley. That gentleman out there is Rick Levy in Escondido, California. <laughs> You've been watching and listening to Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media on platforms. Please subscribe, download where you listen to podcasts like Spotify, um, and hit that red button there uh, on YouTube, unless, of course, you're afraid of commitment. But either way, (laughs) tomar sabiamente. Sip wisely.